Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for, but what we do have is a sense of humor, street smarts, and a few decades of experience under our wife, mom, and divorcee Bill. This Saint Your Mama's podcast. Welcome to episode 121 of Co-Parenting Past Chaos. Lauren's fired up. (laughs) I am heated today. I was just normally like this. I'm not. And I was just talking about how I knew this was going to be a hard topic for me to cover anyways. And even my what would April do was like stepping out of my comfort zone. And yet still, no matter how long I meditated, read, was quiet today, I am still just, my blood is boiling. It's not nice to see this, but it's nice to see this because (laughs) it makes me feel a little more normal. More human. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm always boiling. Yeah. And I mean, I suppress that demon and I have for so long because I know how unwily she can be and I don't have good tact when I get very angry. Basically, all I need is copious amounts of alcohol and you can come for me all you want. Yes, when I'm that stressed, a a glass or bottle of wine does the trick. It's okay because it's us. I'm frustrated on so many levels about so many things. Let it all out. This is your chance. This is your therapy session. I feel like I I I remain pretty calm most of the time. But I think my calm is often like I even mistake my calm for like deflection. Instead of just addressing the issue, I just try to suppress it really hard. And then it just boils and boils and boils and boils. And I'm like, oh my God. Do you know what it is? It makes you seem like it's okay. You're complacent. That's what you're putting off. Complacent. I am. When you're not. So you need to speak up. I can't because I don't know how to get it across. So instead I put it on a podcast. (laughs) Hey, okay. That's what we're here for. We're going to tell all of our business today. Remember last week? Oh, yeah. We weren't supposed to, but now we are. Okay. My house has been extremely quiet this week and clean. Do you find that when your significant other spouse is away, things seem so much cleaner in your house? Oh, that's a hard one because, well, yes and no. But Jake's very OCD. So he honestly is more of the neat freak sometimes than I am, especially when it comes to dishes or like laundry. Yeah. I'm very OCD and it's hard to find someone that appreciates that trait like I do. Yeah. And I realize it more when I'm by myself because I will straighten a chair or pick up the tiniest crumb or wipe down the countertops 12 times a day. It's almost sickening. Yeah. (laughs) Because it can really take over your life. I I don't want anybody to come in the house. I don't even want to come in the house sometimes because I I think that's a healthy thing, though. And especially when your world feels like you have no control over it. That's what it is. That's one that you and it's healthy. I'm the only thing I can control. And I'm not doing drugs or. Yeah. I've not become an alcoholic yet. So how you are with cleaning is how I am with food. I can control what I eat and I control a lot of my diet. And I like to cook, but I'm very specific or I'm stingy with it. Or like if I don't want to eat, I can then control. That's where mine is. If I get too depressed or stressed, I just can't eat at all. Food's just the one thing I have control over in my life. We don't have control. I have control over absolutely nothing. (laughs) My military families that listen, they'll understand this. Contrary to what the online trolls say about me, I am very independent. Yeah, I do love 
to be alone. I get lonely, but not in the sense that I would stray outside my marriage lonely. I am perfectly capable of taking care of myself mm-hmm. and I actually like it. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, what you I get mean? very used to it. And I've been that way for so long because I have been a military yes. spouse for 25 years. Jerry was always gone. Roy was always gone. I just had learned to really enjoy my time alone. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say that, because I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about a topic and I said, I hate being alone because I get to thinking about all the stuff that's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like without a partner. Yeah. You know, a, a spouse or a significant yeah. other. I just do better because I think I put so much pressure on myself when they're here. Yeah. And you can't necessarily do all the same rituals or routines when they're around that you would yes. do when you're by yourself. Yeah. Right. Like when I'm by myself, I find myself sticking to my routine more, drinking what I want to drink in the morning, having my morning routine, meditating, whatever it is. But when they're there, I'm like, oh, this feels weird. What do I do? Step in the other room and do this stuff? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to step all over my piece or whatever I'm doing next in the house? I just love being on my own schedule, my own routine. I can relate. In my surroundings. I think that's just it. And especially now that I am dealing with my brain and my issues, Mm -hmm. I love being alone even more. You learn more about yourself. Yeah, I have time to really learn myself and it's become so therapeutic. I have to share something with you that I read this week. Okay. It was a blog. I follow the page on Facebook and this woman that writes these blogs, it's very interesting. When you think about your style, like what you're going to wear on a night out or just day to day. Do you ever take into account what men would find attractive or do you just choose it based on what you like? I choose it based on what I like. Now, probably in my 20s, I would have probably worn something that would have attracted men. Mm -hmm. And I had very large breasts as a very young 20 something. So all I had to do was wear a tank top and I was like, I'm good to go. If I was being honest, I would say the same thing. There was a time in my life when I would dress to attract attention. But now I dress for comfort. I try to dress my age. I don't always do so, but I pick out things based on what I like. Well, this blog, it was talking about the biggest turnoffs that women do as far as fashion that men don't like. Oh, oh, please. And I'm immediately thinking, are you kidding me? I would never base my entire fashion or what I do with my body off of what a man Never, not even a little bit, no. But things like... Too much makeup, a fake tan, short shorts, showing too much skin, too much perfume. Oh my God. That's very specific. They're so specific. False lashes, too many accessories. Here was one, uncomfortable shoes. How do you know my (laughs) shoes are uncomfortable? That's true. They don't like something that we have. Oh God, what is it? Tattooed brows. Oh my God, you can't even tell. I know. Too much plastic surgery. Well, (laughs) sorry, sucks for you. (laughs) That's what people think about me, but I don't care. They don't like piercings, unnatural hair colors, sticky lip gloss. It was so funny to read that one because John hates sticky lip gloss. And I'm like, okay, well then don't Don't wear it. (laughs) Don't kiss me. I don't care. They don't like animal print clothing. And here's a great one. Too much cleavage. Which guy said they don't like too much cleavage? Because he's a liar. Those are men making requests as far as what they wouldn't want their wife probably wearing. But they're going to look at a girl that's wearing all those things and probably be attracted to her. I dress, honestly, when I put something on, I dress in hopes that a woman stops me and is like, oh my God, where'd you get your shoes? You look so cute today. That's That's what I want. They don't like fake branded clothing, big dark sunglasses, clothes that are too big or that are not flattering enough. Can I, is there a list on all the things I don't like about men? Um, Because that one's really long. We can do that. Oh my God. Let's make our own. It just baffled me. And that's not not even half the list. There were 
I think 35 things on the list. Men should be embarrassed for themselves right for now. For real? Yeah. Anyways. Okay. What would April do? Okay. All oh. right. So I've had some time to think on how exactly I want to, to get this out, but I, I have insecurities just like everybody else. And one of the things I am facing in my relationship and it didn't really anticipate it being as bothersome to me as it actually is, is my concern that, so for me, when I got divorced, I knew my marriage was over. Like there was no looking back. It was no like, oh, we're going to divorce and maybe get back together again someday. It was, we're divorced. I don't even see you as the same person. Best of luck. High fives. Walk away. But then there's other people, such as my partner. And I feel like he and his co-parent still kind of have the mindset that they potentially could get back together. They co-parent very well. They are best friends. And I love that for them. Maybe it's my envy that I don't have that because I don't have a co-parent that I would want to get back together with or that I hold to necessarily a higher standard than anyone else in my life. But for them, it's different. And I don't know if it's my own paranoia because I've had a husband that's left me for other women before, or if I should be listening to my intuition and think, okay, Lauren, you know, this is a possibility. Don't set yourself up for failure. I constantly teeter on this line. I want to be, I'm not a jealous person. So I don't know if jealousy is the right word. I think it's paranoia that I am. I have this paranoid feeling that someday I'm just going to be like, well, you know, thank you for your effort, but I'm going to get back to what feels better to me. And I worry about that. I know for a lot of divorced people, people that especially divorce, if there's no trauma based around what ended their marriage, a lot of times you get out in the, in the free world and it's not so great and you wish you had what you lost. And I do worry about that. For me, I got into the real world and it was like, thank God I lost what I lost. But other people, it's different. I do worry. Did you ever like, well, first of all, help me. But second of all, did you ever have that fear like with John that you thought he'd wish he would go back to what he had? Okay, first of all, I can't believe you've done this to me. I'm really speechless. I'm sorry, but I'm. I, this is a genuine. Now I'm like genuinely curious. Trying to get me in trouble. That's what you're trying not, to do. That's what you're trying to do. I'm not right now. I promise I'm not. I'm gonna try to be very careful in my answer to you, and I'll answer the question about John later on because okay. it actually is something that I touch on. Okay, good, perfect. In our in our topic today, I would tell you that you can't bring things from your past relationships into this one, and you already know that. I'm not yeah. telling you something that's yeah. brand new information. It's something you know. Yeah. However, a woman's intuition is scary good. 99% of the time correct. Mm -hmm. But I also would tell you that you should have a conversation about how you're feeling. And I know that's very hard for you because you, you think? don't like to open up and be <laughs> emotional. But anytime it's bothering you, and I have gone through a similar mm -hmm. situation as what you're describing. It's not okay. Based on how you and I have been divorced in the past, it was traumatic and there was no chance of reconciliation. But when you are in a new relationship and there wasn't anything like that, that's normal to feel those feelings. Yeah. I would just be careful. Yeah. Because if you're feeling that and it won't go away. It's not going away. I don't feel like it's strictly your paranoia because yeah. you're good at realizing that and shutting it down and saying to yourself, you know what? I know what this is. This is just me letting my mind play tricks on me. And you're putting it out in the universe and mm -hmm. manifesting it. And then you're thinking, oh, it's going to happen. You're good at realizing that and you cut it off. Yeah. So if you're still feeling this way after this time. Yeah. Then two years. Almost. There may be. Yeah. A conversation that there's needs some, to be had. So like there's... And there's, there's probably things that are happening that pink are flags causing that are, you to feel this way. Yeah, it's not just so. something you're pulling out of your... I'm trying not to. I'm, not, I'm trying not to like 
pull shit out of my ass, literally, just based on my past experiences. Because I do get upset with myself for sometimes allowing some of the, I almost want to call them skills, skills and tools that John gave me out of all that trauma. Because I see things in a way that a lot of people don't. And I can predict a lot of things that normally a person wouldn't. And that's why I'm grateful for my trauma. Oh, but yeah. it also bites me in the ass because I constantly live in this state of, well, there's that intuition ticking. And I didn't listen to her 10 years ago. I should probably listen to her more today. I think both of us and a lot of women can relate to this. We're so much more aware after going through the things that we have gone through, we are very aware of our surroundings, very especially <laughs> in relationships. We're very vigilant. <laughs> so we know at the start, and we've preached this at the start of the pink flag. Yeah. You, you wave the white flag. Yeah. Yep. And you say, peace out, baby. I'm on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Not that I'm telling you to do that. I'm just saying. I that. know. I get it. Yeah. You know, that's an option. Ooh, good oh, advice. Oh, my. <laughs> Okay, last week we talked about relationship secrets and how you probably should keep some things private, but apparently Lauren didn't listen to that episode. (laughs) This week we're talking about when you are married to the high conflict co-parent. Oh, oh God. Oh, I told y'all it was going to be a doozy and y'all said, oh, you always say that. Do I get a little bit of a, I think I have a little bit of groundwork in this too, though. You probably have known a high conflict. But I feel like I have a little bit of experience being married to the person that went through a high conflict with another person with a child with them. Oh, you did. See, I wasn't even thinking of that. I didn't either. But you know what? We're going to bring everything to the table. Okay. This is y'all wanted it. Here you go. You want all the things. Just like some of you are listening to our podcast and follow our story. You know that we still have co-parenting struggles. Yeah. I think it's assumed that since we have this platform, we must have the perfect relationship with one another and everything's always peaches and cream. Newsflash. It's not. We're a shit show (laughs) on most days. We're leaps and bounds ahead of where we used to be, where we once were, but we still have issues that arise. I don't think it's the leaps and bounds that we thought it was going to be. I think that's the most shocking thing. Right. Right. You and I. We're great. Leaps and bounds. There's so many good that came out of it. It's almost like instead of taking the right, we took the left and it worked out, but it's just not the one we initially embarked on. Y'all want raw honesty. We're about to give it to you. Oh God, I'm nervous now. I don't know. Lauren didn't even know anything. (laughs) She came in here blind. (laughs) She had no idea what I was throwing out. Why do you do this to me? Because what you just did to me. (laughs) And I didn't even know that, but I'm going to use that. Two wrongs don't make a right. You don't say. (laughs) Blending families is difficult. It's one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And I've been through several divorces and given blended birth before. Times. And I've blended before. And it was very easy mm-hmm. because I think it's about who you're dealing with. I agree. You know? Yes. yes. So once everybody's on board, it, it becomes a easier. lot easier. It takes very strong individuals who are willing to put their pride aside, number one. And you've said that so many times. Mm-hmm. You get out of your own way. You have to constantly communicate. You have to work really hard to make sure that you're on the same page as far as your parenting goes. Otherwise, you're going to have horrible children. Yeah. I mean, I, that's yes. mean, but you're just not going to have good kids. Feral. They will you're, be they, feral. They will be feral. <laughs> they will be terrorists. I have wanted to talk about this for a long time. It's hard to admit something that you never wanted to admit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's hard to look at something in the mirror. And it's like last week when we were saying you post on Facebook that everything's perfect, Mm -hmm. but really, you know, it's not. So I'm going to take our advice and I'm going to be very honest. I don't like taking my own advice. You know, sometimes I've been very torn the last year or so, I think. And 
to me, it seems like the closer you and I get, the harder we work to form a co-parenting alliance for the kids. It seems the more John works against us. Mm-hmm. It, that's my feeling. I'm not saying that this is a true statement or a fact. It would appear that way. It yes. Just as how I feel. In particular, I feel like almost he's working against me. It's as if maybe I'm being punished because I'm friends with my husband's ex-wife. And I don't like that because you're not just his ex-wife and you haven't been for a very long time. You are now my best friend, my Mm -hmm. closest ally, my confidant, my everything, like my, my human. And we have together built this perfectly well-oiled machine. If I have an issue with the kids, you've always got my back and vice versa. Mm -hmm. You make sure that it's addressed immediately. Or if it doesn't need to be, you're like, okay, well, April, let me just tell you that I think you're overreacting or okay, you're thinking too much into it. Great. You have sound reasoning for Mm -hmm. me. And I appreciate that. In a co-parenting relationship, if there's a parent that's working against the grain, your kids become confused. They do. Then you're going to have behavioral issues. If they see two parents working hard as a team, while one's going rogue, mm-hmm. obviously kids, they're not developed mentally or emotionally. They're children. So they're going to go, hmm, which one of those parents is doing the things that I think are fun? And in their mind, all they know what to do is whatever parents say is the truth. Oh, is yeah. gold. Absolutely. Especially when you have a parent that you look up to so much and you almost idolize. Yeah. Here's an issue that happened in our household the other night. And it was one of the mini straws that just broke the camel's <laughs> back. You know, it's one yeah. of those you're like, OK, this probably isn't a very big deal. And even when I was making notes about it, I'm like, OK, April, this is not a big deal. But it's all the little things that if have you're in up. our world, you know that this is just one of like a million. Yeah, it's just the one I'm willing to tell at this point. We've got a bedwetter mm-hmm. and we've dealt with bedwetting before and mm-hmm. another of our children. It's not just once in a while. I'm talking like five out of seven nights a week. And this child also hides the fact that he wets the bed by putting wet undies and PJs hidden in the closet, thrown on a shelf. I'm not sure why he does this because he's never gotten in trouble for it other than the fact that he's probably just embarrassed, which I get. But we never punish him for bedwetting because Mm -hmm. you can tell if the child is doing it on purpose because we've had that. We've had a child that was literally just doing it on purpose purpose for attention. I do, however, expect him to clean his own sheets. That's the only thing. Let me know that you are wet, that you've wet the bed, and let's take care of the situation. In our attempt to try to get to the root of the issue, we did find, or I think in this household, I found that it's due to the fact that he's a very hard sleeper Mm -hmm. and it's circumstantial. When there are rules in a home, especially as far as drinking before bedtime, that's going to help you control the bedwetting. Yep. Also, sugary drinks and foods don't help. Nope. That's why they tell you when you're trying to potty train a child, a toddler, you don't give them milk before bedtime because it just increases the chances chances of them wetting the bed. Sugar is a problem in our home and it never was in the beginning because if you've listened to our episodes, you know that literally we put the diet that the children should have in our custody agreement. Mm -hmm. It was that serious of an issue. And Lauren and I, you can tell, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We're healthy people. We don't have a lot of sugar. There are times, yes, we'll drink something sugary or eat something, but it's not a thing. My kids that I gave birth to, they grew up in a house that we didn't have sugary snacks. I grew up like that. Same. That's just how it's been. Sugar is a problem here. 
in our home, though. It's just never been. I said this child, he needs no sugar, mm-hmm. especially before bedtime. So I gave the littles a bath. Everybody was getting ready for bed. And I walk out. And mind you, we'd had dinner, a good dinner. I cooked dinner most every night. Mm-hmm. We had had a big dinner, tacos that night. And I think they had had probably five or six tacos a piece. Good. And they're sitting at the table eating a snack. Not just a snack, a sugary snack. I just look at John and I'm, I never have barked when the kids have been around, but I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I, I lost it. I mean, I'll admit, and it was very wrong. I shouldn't have even confronted the issue when the kids were there. John's rebuttal was, well, I thought you only meant sugary drinks. Okay. I mean, sugar, sugar, period. He knew what you meant. <laughs> it's sugar, period. Yes. I've tried altering so many things in order to compromise more at the expense of my mental health sometimes, mm-hmm. because as I said, blending families is hard just because I did things one way in my house prior to John doesn't mean that's how things are going to go now. But I had to finally draw the line on certain things like cleanliness is just a big thing for me and I can't deal with it. I can't function in my house when it's a nightmare. Lack of respect, not going to do it. And I've heard things like this house is a prison and the kids should be able to be kids. Yes, they should. But if this house is like a prison, then I I understand why people commit crimes. I have so much to say. So I'll let you f- no, go. I, go Because for first of all, you and I are so similar on a lot of levels. And I, we didn't realize that until we got to know each other. We actually run our homes very similarly. We run our parenting very similarly. Now, there's been give and takes from both of us. And we take little pieces of each other that we've learned along the ways of where to be flexible. But I can think back to when we first met thinking, oh, this woman, like she, she does seem somewhat similar to me mm-hmm. in this aspect. To see my ex-husband go to the lengths and the efforts he did to essentially make sure that my home was a prison as well for the children or else they weren't able to be there in my home. If they were ever touching fast food, I was going to go to court. If they ever had sweets, I was going to court. To know that that's how he had portrayed me, like I was a negligent or not, I'm not saying if you feed feed your kids fast food, you're negligent. You aren't. Trust me, I still do it. But he essentially designed that. And then when you and I came to our own thing. We're like, hey, our homes actually do run really well the way that they are. We don't need a piece of paper telling us we do things the same way. Let's keep doing them how we do them together. He decided to go rogue. Mm -hmm. And that's very frustrating because when one home goes rogue, the other home deals with the repercussions. And then when it goes back to the other home, they deal with the repercussions. Right. It's a ping pong effect and it's not fun for anyone. But to add to that, the people that really hurt in all of this are the kids, because then I'm a mom that's having to counter co-parent. You have to counter parent. And I feel like we're more on edge or sometimes I yell even more than I ordinarily would because I'm trying to veer them back onto the path, get them back into a routine again. Minor little things like that in a co-parenting situation are actually very big when you're trying to make things so similar and smooth one little pebble actually does take the train off the rails sometimes. Yes, it does. Here's the thing. Like I just said earlier, it's causing confusion in the children. And we have a 50-50 schedule. Mm -hmm. We have a week on and week off. If they're trying to relearn behavior that they learned in one house that they shouldn't have, it's just so, it's traumatizing. It's chaotic. And it's chaotic for them. It's traumatizing for us because you can, we're going through this each week. And you can feel their energy. It's almost an anxious energy. When I get them, they're wired or angry because they're angry that they can't have a lot of the same things. When they come with you, they're almost confused as to who they're supposed to be. 
angry or who they're supposed to look at because they've got you who's very similar to me. Mm -hmm. So then they're just familiar with me. But then dad's telling them something else. So then they're confused and they're full of angst. Yes. It's no secret. I believe in strict parenting. And we've said this so many times. I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. I was raised to respect my elders. I expect the same from my children. I think our situation is different because very early on, John gave me the power to take over as a parent in this house. Therefore, why wouldn't my rules be respected? Right. He agreed to them. We sat down and talked about everything. And it seemed like we were on the same page with how we parented. And I, without knowing, because you and I didn't have a relationship, Mm -hmm. I'd seen you and I knew certain things just from the way the boys behaved that it looked like you and I Probably did things pretty similar Mm -hmm. as far as diet and routine and all that. No secret. If I'm raising one of your kids and only co-parenting with the other biological parent and not you, I expect to have as much authority as a biological parent. If you're putting that responsibility on me. Yes. You know, and I think somewhere along the lines, the power did shift and the responsibility did shift fully and solely onto your shoulders. And we all... Well, in my mind, the only people that matter that should agree to it is the other co-parent, which was me. And I was on board with this. This was my idea that we co-parent together because it is very similar. And we seem to be able to get shit done pretty well together. So no offense, John, he had ample opportunity to get on the same parenting train. You know, it's not a secret that we tried for years. My thought was, okay, I will step in as a kind of a middle person between you and John until you two were able to have a better relationship and communicate. And then I could take a step back and not be as active of a parent and just be more of a supporter for the two of you and for the children. But he never came around really to that. He doesn't want to communicate and doesn't try anymore with you. So it does fall on me and I'm not mad about it. We do very well, you and I. We have a well-oiled machine and we got this program and it's just, it's flowing for us. I do feel bad from time to time, but then I'm also selfish because it's like all I ever wanted was a partner in this, whether Mm -hmm. married or divorced. I just wanted a partner to help me raise kids. And I got that in you. And I do put a lot of, you know, I put a lot on your shoulders, I'm sure. And I try to explain this to people. It's almost as if April and I were the ones that initially had these children and decided to divorce. And yet we co-parent very smoothly to me in in my day-to-day and in what works and and what I am so happy with is that mindset and that concept that she and I had some children together we split up Mm -hmm. and we still raise them together and that's kind of exactly what it looks like that's what the kids it looks like that for the kids and I've gotten a lot of slack especially in the beginning and after the show aired it was the comments of I tried to take over and replace you. I'm going to be really clear. That is very fake news. That's Not very old even news. True. And I, if people had been during that time, I can only imagine and I know what it is you were going through. And it was if I don't step in, no one's going to. You're right. And so at some as much point, as I love you. Yeah. You are my person. I do this for the kids, not for John, not for you, not for myself. If I didn't step in as their bonus mom, there wouldn't be a communication in this house to that house. And you know what? You would be hated either way for it. Absolutely. So it's almost like you had to pick the lesser of two evils and be the very best you could at whatever one you were going to choose. And you did. I see a lot of people talking about being a stepmom and it is a thankless job and you don't ever do it for the recognition. And I'm not saying that at all. In this situation in our household where I'm having a lot of issues right now with behavior 
and John and I not being on the same page with the kids. I just feel like if the rules that he and I set in the beginning, if he now has a problem with them, that should be a conversation that we have. It shouldn't just be, you know what, I'm going to go rogue and change these rules and not tell April. And now the kids, when April's making this rule and making the kids follow it, they're looking at her like she's grown another head yeah. because they don't understand. Well, dad doesn't make us do that anymore. We're, I didn't get the memo. We're the ones that are primarily with them the most. So that means we're the ones dealing with the repercussions of the behavioral right. outcome of all of those things. It's like he's assisting them in breaking rules and teaching them, hey, you don't need to respect that woman as a parent or an adult. You really. can pick and choose who you respect. Right. And I don't like you that. don't teach that nope. to kids at mm-hmm. all. Kids need discipline. They need rules. They need consistency. Yes. And that's what we decided to do in the beginning. That's why we wanted to build this bond between each other and this relationship. So their transition between two homes would be as smooth and easy as possible and And not alter them. It is when it's just you and I. Yes. It's I mean, it's smooth. You can see it in their behaviors. You can see it when we talk to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the rules have to be mine because you are their mother. And I listen to what you say. If I have a problem and I say, okay, how do we do this? How do you want this done? I'll follow your rules. I just need to know what they are. Yeah. And that's what I'm asking from John. And we're really good about communicating that we over. I would say even you and I over communicate about the kids. Sometimes it's like, when can we not have a conversation about kids? Yes. And parents. We have so many that we always. There's always something always going on. something. We have each other's backs. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I want us to just all have this big meeting and say, okay, here it is. We're laying it all out. That way everybody's on the same page again. Because I think we were at one point and then he just kind of trailed off. I'm fine. So many a, of those meetings. Oh, though. yeah. And I'm fine taking a step back and being just like the normal Bonus parent. But then I'm lost in the sauce. Exactly. But as long as John refuses to communicate with you, I feel like it's my responsibility to really help raise these children. And I would appreciate it if you would with me. (laughs) And I do. And that's not going to change. And I'm not saying that John's a bad father and he doesn't do anything. Not at all. I'm just saying he gets to be the fun parent consistently. Mm-hmm. He does spend a lot of time with his children. That's a fact. And you and I are able to get stuff done when he's here. When I come back, I'm just this bitch that enforces the rules. Yes. I never get to say, oh, you know what? Let's have ice cream as a treat. Well, that's an every night thing with dad. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. He's counterproductive. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And a lot of times, I'll be honest, it just seems like it would be easier to give up. That's the mindset that you have when you feel like you're fighting a losing battle. Yeah. It really is. And I don't want that. I would never give up on these children. I've been in their lives for so long. Well, I think what the way in which you and I parent makes me the parent that I want to be. And I think both of us can raise our children exactly how we want to and how we've always probably wanted to raise kids. And we're getting to do that with one another. Yeah, there's a lot of external forces right now that are kind of pushing against that. Considering that the alternative would be me being a single parent alone and not having a co-parent or still being in court with my co-parent. This is a best case scenario and even more so because I'm doing it with my best friend. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like I'm doing it with just a bonus mom. I'm parenting three boys, which is a dream come true for me, with two (laughs) women because I think men should be raised by women. That's just my feminist little heart beating right there. So I'm elated, but it is exhausting because, you know, I feel like sometimes you and I in our own homes when we have the boys on our times, 
we're both still having to play the role of mom and dad. Yes. And that's where it's exhausting. I want to just be a mom sometimes. I don't want to also have to be the masculine energy and the disciplinary and the police all the time. I want to be able to be soft and nurturing, but I can't because that's what I was going to say. It goes back and forth. I have to be both because no offense, but like John is not a strong role for me when it is my time with them. And I, I don't feel like he's necessarily a strong role playing that in this home either. So we're kind of, kind of having to battle still being moms and dads all in one body. Yes. And I want to be able to be that nurturer because I am that for the children yeah. I gave birth to. Yes. I'm also still a disciplinarian, but I don't want to constantly every single day have to be the constant corrector. That's what I am. And I want to be fun sometimes. I mean, I'm not really that much fun, but, you know, sometimes I can be. But you want to be able to have those soft moments more often. Yes, because I had those in the beginning. They're few and far between now. Right. When you were balanced. When we first got together, Mm -hmm. I had those soft moments. And Jackson and I developed this really strong relationship. Mm -hmm. And now I just feel like it's all gone to the wayside, something that I worked so hard for. And I've voiced my concerns. And a lot of times when you're dealing with high conflict parents, they don't even realize. I think they've gotten so used to just doing it that they don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah, they don't recognize it. They don't recognize Mm -hmm. the behavior. If they don't see a problem in their actions, you voicing your concerns is really going to get you nowhere. Well, and I think for you and I, we are always looking at the bigger picture, which is what when they're adults, we're yes. always looking You're preparing at the them long for adulthood. term. I'm not going to. OK, it's a Tuesday. Let me be a fun mom today in this moment. No, I need to make sure that I've at least checked enough boxes today that I feel like a productive parent. I've parented my kids. I have corrected them. I've loved them. I've given everything into this day because in 20 years from now, if I don't and I fall into this habit of just being a fun parent all the time or not thinking ahead of of behavioral things, then I feel like I'm going to pay for it in 20 years when my child is not a productive member of society. I'm going to tell you from experience, you will, because you have 18 years with your children before they're set off into this world to do the things they start out with an empty tool belt. They're born with an empty tool belt. And year after year, you build that tool belt and you give them each little piece that it's going to take for them to build their future when they get out into this world. If they're lacking one little tool, the whole thing is going to be out of balance. I feel like that's a great analogy. And I feel like where I battle is wanting to give them the tools, but then also still having to also repair Things that are getting cracked along the way. That's called a blended family. And that's frustrating. (laughs) And I don't know. Well, no, I do know. I do know that it can change. I do know that it can be different because I have it. Roy and I have it. Jerry and I had it. Yeah. So it can be done. You just have to have everybody on board. And what I see in our dynamic with you, me, John, and even, you know, I know yours and Jake's relationship is a little bit different. So you guys don't blend as much. But I see this as high conflict behavior. Yeah. On John's side, really. And I, as the bonus mom, am stuck in the middle. And I have been for you have been. I'm sorry. And it's fine. But it's just our situations, unlike most co-parenting situations. And I thank God for us. I thank God that you have allowed me to be such an active role in the kids' lives and be your co-parent. Yeah. Otherwise, (laughs) that I have you. And I would have walked through everything 10 times more on fire because I at least have this. And this this is irreplaceable in my eyes. This is absolutely priceless, what we have and how we are trying to parent together 
and combat certain things. And we're both very aware of all the things that are going, mm-hmm. we're going to be faced with and the things that we still have to face from the past. We're so aware of it. And we're so, I think, in sync that it gives me a little bit of peace of mind about what the future holds, even though I'll be honest, from a month to month basis, I still sweat bullets because <laughs> uh, I, I have a looming cloud. I feel like that always lingers very near to me. Well, it's just the past things. I wish sometimes it could be different that you and I could just be best friends. Me too. Me too. I wish that John was able to communicate with you, period, but on a very good level. At the end of the day, I just don't think that is going to happen because I honestly feel like he still holds on to anger from either the marriage, the divorce, your entire relationship. I don't know. And if I can be 100% honest, the only person, I'm not one to invalidate someone's feelings, but if there's a person to hold on to anger sitting right across from you. And I don't, and I don't want to, and I don't want that to be what holds us back. And I don't know what John and I's co-parenting will look like long-term. You know, I take it day by day. I'm hopeful, but I'm also well aware that I've been hopeful for years. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, you can't keep having that level of gung-ho and hope only to know that it's going to get let down because then you're just kind of the idiot. Well, you're defeated. Yeah. And that's how I think we've felt. Am I willing and, and... Capable? Of course. If it meets me, sure. Absolutely. I'll be there with open arms. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because it's already been something that's been such a repeated, I guess, just a repeated thing for us. I will still have faith that one day things will be different for us because I know that it can happen. I've watched it happen. I was a high conflict parent at one time. I was a high conflict. You have to look at yourself and realize I'm the problem. Yeah. And then we get messages all the time of I have a high conflict bio mom or the high conflict bio dad or what have you. If you two, a husband and a wife could not get along when you were married and you divorce and you remarry, likely you're still not going to want to get along with that person if you didn't even like them when they were your significant other. So take a chance on the bonus parent. Yeah. If if there's any way that you can fix the relationship so that your children yeah. can be at peace, who cares? And it's all temporary. It is all temporary. This isn't the rest necessarily. It doesn't always have to be the rest of their lives. Now, for us, it's going to be. And I, yeah. hope, I hope it is. Sorry, you're stuck. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it just it is just to get them to 18. And that's OK. And you may even realize that once you get to 18, you still want to continue that. And that's amazing. But everything is so temporary. Your children are only small for a very, very short window. So don't lose. Don't lose that precious time. Don't ruin their childhood. Don't ruin 18 years of your life. Stressing over something. And bickering back and forth. Stop the conflict. Just be a decent human. I will say my mom once told me, and this was completely unrelated, but she once said, you know, you can't save everybody. And not everybody is savable. At some point, you have to let go and realize maybe they're savable, but it's not going to be you that does the saving. They've got to save themselves on their own. You can only give so much. That's our empathy in us because we want to be better people. We want other people around us to be on our team to be better. And you want to help each other out. I do that by bullying my friends. (laughs) You know, everybody has their thing. I love John. And I think that he is a good man in so many aspects. But there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know about him. And I don't even think he has met those with himself. I know that that's how I've been with myself and my own journey. And so I just look at him like he's taken a hell of a lot longer. I can't be there anymore to facilitate that for him Mm -hmm. or to be an example for him anymore. 
He'll get there. I hope I'm hopeful that he gets there. If he doesn't, that can no longer be a reflection onto me. Well, that's no one else's burden to bear. You can't take responsibility for somebody else. And at one point in this situation, we all came to a fork in the road. You and I chose one side of the road. I believe that John's possibly still stuck at the fork. Maybe he's not sure which way he wants to go. And that's fine. And I realize that it takes a different amount of time for different people. And that's okay. Well, yeah, because they but, may be in their own internal journey. Right. But when you got kids involved, you, you don't gotta speed get it up to a little. stop at the rest stop yeah. and stay there. You got to keep journeying on because yeah. we got kids to raise. Trust me, I could use a nap on this journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Get in touch with us. We love to hear from you guys. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. And if you want to learn more about our chaos, visit our website, pastchaos.com. Also follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We go live on Wednesdays to give you a glimpse into our crazy lives. And a reminder, you can stream the full season of You, Me, and My Ex on Discovery+. Plus. Call on the curse. Okay, let's bring it on. We've got a bonus mom that needs advice. And when I read it, it brought me to tears because it brought okay. me back to a time. Oh, okay. So this woman's a bonus mom of two girls, ages six and eight. And she says that the girls are very interested in trying new extracurricular activities and they want to be involved in everything. So the bio mom has signed them up for sports in the past and they do dance regularly. So whether those activities fall on dad and bonus mom's week or bio mom's week, they're all very willing to take them and excited to be involved. However, bio mom does not like the fact that dad and bonus mom attend. So she tried to secretly sign the children up for things without informing dad. When that didn't work, she decided that the girls are no longer allowed to participate in any sports or extracurricular activities. The girls were upset, so dad and bonus mom signed them up for music lessons to take while they are with them. However, during the time they're with bio mom, the girls aren't allowed to attend lessons, recitals, or even practice their instruments in the house. Dad asked bio mom why she refused to allow them to play the instruments, and she said it was because she did not agree with it. The girls have picked up on the attitude that their mother has about the instruments, and it's affected their love for music and playing the instruments. Oh, this breaks my heart because, yeah, once upon a time, I was the bio mom and (laughs) I used to get pissed when John would sign Jackson up for sports only because he wouldn't notify me. So, like, he would be taking him to things and I didn't have any idea that my child, like, I could go and watch my kid play. And then on my weeks wouldn't give me that information. So then I look like a bad mom for not being able to figure out how to take him to these events that I have no idea what he signed up for. So that was frustrating. But again, that's a communication thing. Mm -hmm. But really, if you're the bio mom and the dad is paying for something, just let him pay for it. Take him. Go watch your kid enjoy something. I think bio mom needs to take a step back and have a long look in the mirror because what she is going to see is going to look real ugly. It is. And you have daughters. Yeah. They're a lot more observant and have much more of an emotional, like they can, they have an intuition. They're going to pick up on it. And she's only hurting them. Yeah. If she doesn't want to attend it, go to the bar, go to the mall, do whatever, but let your kids enjoy their childhood. Just like we just said, let your kids be kids. If they want to do all the sports, they want to try all the things let them. There's no harm in it to you as the bio mom. There's an hour for you to have a break. Don't punish the kids. It sounds to me like she's a little bitter and jealous and has a lot of anger and resentment. And again, just like we said, you can't fix that. They have to realize it's a problem. And sooner or later, those girls are going to get old enough that they're going to see that and they're going to speak up to their mom. Yep. But you just have to, as the dad and the bonus mom, you just have to keep 
doing you and worrying about yourself and letting the kids have the best life possible when they're with you. Absolutely. Who yeah. Can't? Hell, Heather asked me the other day. She was like, are you going to sign Jenna for T-ball? I was like, no, but if you, I do, you can take him. Yeah. <laughs> Here. I'm not doing it. Who cares who takes <laughs> As long as your kids get to participate. Sure. That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at pastchaos.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button. If you really want to get personal, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes. We would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little. <laughs>